0: the best turns because mythology is the greatest soap opera of all time with your cultural interns Eris and Z interns because we're not professionals and we're not getting paid Hey guys I'm Eris and I'm Z and today
1: we are we're talking about zombies yeah we're talking about zombies yeah and we're back together again. I know. I mean, like together apart, but like together, together. And we This is a Skype phone call.
0: Can you tell? <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully it still sounds like a normal episode.
1: Hopefully. Oh, yeah. And please excuse. I, I don't know what's happening on the recording, but please excuse any weird robotic noises. If you if you get those. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. hopefully. Uh, between me and Mac, we can work our editing magic and make this, um, you know, entertaining and listenable.
0: Yeah, I don't contribute anything to it because you guys are my my fairy god editor.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) I mean, we have the software for it. It it is what it is. We learned how to do it because we were the ones who had it on our computers. Hooray. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. So um, let's talk about zombies. So I'm frequently a zombie, but I don't think that's the definition of zombie we're going with today, this episode. Right. Like a lot of times, like I get up and for whatever reason, like, I am like, I don't have enough time to make coffee. And so I don't make coffee and then I'm on my caffeine and then I leave my house without caffeine and then I can't remember my own name. I don't think that's the kind of zombie we're talking about. <laughs> no, not quite,
0: but you know, gently related. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, hold on. let me throw out all these research notes oh uh, okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> so typically a zombie is seen as a reawakened corpse with a ravenous appetite and a bite that transfers an infection or a scratch that transfers an infection okay kind of
1: almost like a uh, rabies a little
0: bit right, well not right.
1: the reawakened corpse thing but the, you know the saliva part
0: yeah yeah so one of the things that one of the founding things that I found about zombies is where like the word came from so in a dictionary that was like Kimbundu to Portuguese in 1903 the word "inzumbi" meant soul and then after 1903 in the same Kimbundu to Portuguese like it wasn't the same book obviously because it didn't just change they had to edit it so it was like another version of it or whatever mm-hmm. but it became the nzumbi became spirit that is supposed to wander the earth to torment the living so at some point oh. on, in that time period it changed and yeah we're gonna we're gonna kind of get into that i'm excited it's it's a sad tale so like sensitive topic warning kind of thing
1: yeah um i have some notes here that like literally explicitly talking about slavery so you know yeah. there's there's that content warning too
0: yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about too. So it's it's very interesting, but it's also very sad. So mm-hmm. so in Haitian folklore, corpses reanimated by magic um, are zumbi or nzumbi, zombi, like we talked about. And then without the z, zombi means ghost or revenant, corpse or um, to retain the soul. Okay, so it all, all kind of like mixes in there. It's a West African word that had come over. With slavery, um, yeah, to Haiti,
1: yeah. That I uh, I'll jump in here. Um, weirdly enough, this actually goes loops into things I haven't been talked about on the podcast, but I've been doing a lot of research into the French Revolution, and uh, you know, for reasons. And but yeah, that's because with the sugar plantations in Haiti, they need the the French colonists needed more free labor, so they specifically. Uh, took West Africans as slaves to work the the sugar plantations in Haiti, and right. um, so that's where the actual original and this is like sixteenth and seventeenth century,
0: right? And in, that's in where
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean they they started the plantations at that at sixteenth and the, and it went on all the way until the French Revolution, which it essentially um, for France. Free. Uh, during the French Revolution, they literally freed all the slaves. Um, now obviously there was cultural issues and ramifications, but they France for a while there actually had a pretty decent race relations there in the French Revolution. I think because the French Revolution was kind of like taking over everything else. <laughs> well, but um, at the, at
0: the end at the end of the French Revolution, Haiti also had a revolution where the slaves mm-hmm. um, fought back, and so yes. in eighteen oh four that was when they kind of freed themselves and the french were like hey we are, got our own shit going on so right yeah
1: things. yeah that was they they freed all the in, in france the they when i say they freed all the slaves it, basically like they had a lawsuit that happened that actually kicked off part of the french revolution and there was this lawsuit where a a, man, a freed slave um, had been freed for like for a while like for i think a good portion of his life he moved to france and then basically, like this, this other some nobleman was like giving him shit, and um, it, it came to a lawsuit of like uh, what eventually came to be: does the does his ex owners owe him back wages? And mm. they decided yes, they do. And in, and in that lawsuit, with like the way that they were arguing and doing the motions, they they decided that it is impossible for anyone to own any other type of human being and that was it that's like that literally like that was the law that ended slavery because they realized well none of this is legal (laughs) now obviously that kind of takes time to filter down it's not just like one big like weird commandment proclamation and everyone's happy it's like but in that point literally every law that talked about slavery suddenly became illegal and so Yeah. yeah That was actually a relatively big part of the French Revolution. Obviously, there was some other stuff going on because they also brought in class concerns and like who owned work and who owned labor, and that was the big part of the French Revolution. But yes, anyway, so it's all kind of wrapped up into this one thing. But uh, that's that's not what we're talking about today. Um ooh, I gotta get, get myself off the soapbox. Um, I know. So,
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, so it's, West it's, Africa, go do it.
0: Right. It's super related, but it's it's, it's like story. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. In the 17th and 18th century, Haiti was known as Saint-Dominique, uh, mm-hmm. um, which was ruled by France. The African slaves worked on the sugar plantations, and it was like, like, they were treated extremely brutally. Like, some of the most brutal treatment in the history of slavery. Yeah. Um, so much so that half of the workers, half of the slaves, were worked to death in just a few years of being in haiti Mm -hmm. um and the haitian slaves believed that dying would take them back to la La guinea which is is africa or guinea which is where they had come from um but like committing suicide wouldn't take you back there and if you committed suicide which was really common to like escape slavery right um, yeah you would be stuck in hispaniola um wandering the plantations for eternity and I I read this article which was written by Mike Mariani, uh, which was the tragic forgotten history of zombies, which he wrote for The Atlantic, um, and he said once denied their own bodies, they would get trapped inside them, and I thought that was like like. Hmm. I don't know. It it struck with me this the the horror of of this situation. So that kind of started the the idea of zombies is that they would be stuck. They like they weren't ghosts. They were stuck in their bodies still. Right. In the plantations and still. I mean, if you can't escape the plantation, then you can't escape work. So. Ugh,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: And then after the Haitian Revolution, the myth evolved with the with the uprising of Voodoo. So mm-hmm. zombies became corpses that were reanimated by shamans and voodoo priests
1: which mm-hmm. were
0: also sorcerers which were called the bokor which i think you mentioned earlier uh,
1: yeah a uh a, like a a priest or um like the article i was reading called them priests but like it could have sorcerer like you say that word like anyway that that makes sense to me bokor were like created zombies like like right. a priest or someone would make them with like Uh, a mixture of different types of things, rocks, minerals, shellfish, and, and like, other kind of things. And they're called, like, I guess it's roughly translated to zombie powder. And, um... One of the things that they that uh, and this is this is like modern day. This is like a modern day thing that does not happen very often because there's like a lot of consent <laughs> involved yeah. with this. But so they I guess like and I say modern day like the last hundred years or so. Um, they've tested some of these zombie powders, and a lot of them contain the pufferfish toxin, the uh, tetrodotoxin, yeah. which like basically like when a human ingests it now in large amounts yes it's fatal it can cause a coma but in really small like tiny micro amounts it just makes you sluggish and like kind of like mentally unresponsive and also mm. like very uncoordinated like you have a hard time walking um mm. yeah so and that's that's yeah so like Saying that right there, I'm just sort of like, yeah, that sounds um, like kind of like how we picture like zombies of movies, you know, the kind of like slow shambling, groaning, um, not really responding to anything. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. That's cool. I, didn't, I haven't found anything like that. The only thing that I had really found on the Bakur was um, that they were, they bewitched the undead for free labor and nefarious tasks. That was, oh, like, yeah. That's literally all I found.
1: Yeah, I want more of the science background, like, okay, like, (laughs) I mean, yes, that's what you, that's why you would use one, basically. Right, right. Uh, But it was like, how did it get made? I want to know the Frankenstein part of it. (laughs) I did find, so there's like, the word zombie is not used, but this idea of like the uh, reanimated dead, there are apparently there's actually several bible references mm-hmm. to to this with like um I, there's one uh, with ezekiel where he was like dropped in a boneyard and then the bones were uh, like re-given flesh but like no breath was in them or like they held no breath or something like that uh there's that another cool. story with isaiah yeah where like basically like the dead rise um, uh, but they're not they're not truly living they're just up and like walking around again which has that kind of like now of course this is the bible so uh you know there's a whole bunch of baggage there but um part of it is to be like the idea like they're reanimated but like they don't contain their soul or at least like they can't necessarily be saved because they're like there's the bodies are moving around but they're the lights aren't on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Essentially, yeah. So it's kind of interesting because it's almost like it's a, almost a little bit like the uh, to me to uh, the uh, this idea of like the Haitian zombie with the um, if you commit suicide, like you cannot make it to your home, your resting place. You're kind of yeah. trapped, and it's like that's that aspect, that part of it has been like cut off in some way. Like you you can't traverse over to the other side. You are you know, just stuck here. Like I, there, there's a very similar through line. I feel like there. Yeah.
0: There's there was also another line from that article that I read that I I really liked that. Um, I kind of wanted to to share with you guys that he said uh, proof that the the evolution of zombies was proof that the abuse they suffered was in a way more powerful than life itself. And I think that I don't know. I feel like that's just really important to the the history of zombies to like to point out that this was a very real thing for them. It wasn't just like a fun little poke fun at something in their lore kind of thing.
1: hmm Yeah. So yeah,
0: let's go to break.
1: Hey guys, it's Aries cutting in for our regularly scheduled commercial break. First, I'd like to thank our sponsors, um, Patbio Photography. Uh, they have been with us from the very start. they, their photography business based in Quaida, Oklahoma, and uh, they do really cool pictures. And you sh- you can visit them at packmealphotography.com uh, if you need your picture taken. I'd also like to thank Mac Boyle for producing our show and for hosting us, and for helping us get hosted over at Party Now Apocalypse Later Industries. It's a very cool hosting network. They have um, they have they have several podcasts now, including another one that we're on. The hollow is broken, uh, which is a Star Trek watch rewatch podcast uh, with uh, me, Z, Mac, and Mac's wife Laura, who is our lovely captain. And uh, yeah, we watch Star Trek. We're still, as of this moment, we are still watching the original series because it is very long. Uh, <laughs> and um but there's also the fourth wall which is a radio play that is uh it's in, in its entirety so there is no like waiting for new episodes on that because it's all done um but yeah you, you should go check it out at uh, it's party now apocalypse later and also a special thanks actually goes to mac Boyle, the man himself this podcast despite this one particular episode being done almost entirely without his help, the entire podcast would not exist without Mac's help. Uh, he he has carried us through uh so many different uh calamities and catastrophes and COVID not being the least of which uh, least of them and uh thank you so much Mac for for helping make our show better and and for being a a a wise voice of reason for whenever uh we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> Also, I'd like to thank you, listeners, for sticking with us, especially during this time. And we appreciate all of your comments and all of your likes. And uh, if you keep showing up, we'll keep showing up. So thank you. Thank you so much to to listening to our podcast. And now, Z with the fact
0: of the day. So I'm sure many of you, if you live in the U.S., have heard the phrase, this ain't my first rodeo. Surprisingly, this doesn't originate anywhere near rodeos it actually originates from the movie mommy dearest um and joan crawford's character says or the character joan crawford says this ain't my my first time at the rodeo and then about a decade later there was a song this ain't my first rodeo written by vernon gosden who had heard the phrase from a local carpenter and it became really popular after that ah, it's all from a movie line <laughs> yep Okay, back to the episode.
1: Okay, so the the modern zombie is... The modern zombie is um really not that much different, although, like, in our, I don't know, modern era, I guess we've kind of, like, clarified some things on how, like, zombies operate. They are... I mean, they're definitely reanimated. They're definitely kind of on this, like, line from shambling to, like, quick or strong. Um, But they're definitely, like, these reanimated creatures comprised of rotting flesh. Seems to be kind of the major through line with our modern-day zombies. Especially with, like, the, um, like Z had said at the beginning, you become a zombie by getting bitten or scratched by a zombie. Uh, And a lot of this came from... George Romero's *Night of the Living Dead*, which happened in mm-hmm. 1968. George Romero has credited for basically like revamping the uh, the modern Western idea of the zombie. Uh, it's it's, pretty, it's a lot of our mythology and symbolism and all of like the whole zombie genre that has come out in you know the late 90s and 00s uh, with like *World War Z* and all that kind of stuff. I'm like Brad Pitt was even in a zombie movie really is credited back to George Romero. He's the one who who really kind of crystallized what the modern zombie is like and what it's about. And of course, George Romero, um, a lot of his was like, it's a direct talking about consumerism and capitalism and how it basically is going to turn us into soulless-feeding, mindless hunger beast. I mean, not wrong. <laughs>
0: but... Uh, about Night of the Living Dead, he never actually calls them zombies. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, nowhere in the movie, not even in the, the script. In the scripts, they're referred to as ghouls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then with this, the one that came out, the sequel to it or whatever, the, the response to it when it came out, they, they started calling them zombies because um, people around the, the, they had watched the original movie called them zombies.
1: Yes. Yeah, that this was like uh one of the um like uh fans edited it, oh, almost yeah. in a way like fa- fan influence change <laughs> in in movies, which I mean actually happens, you know, I think more often than uh, people really realize. Yeah. But one of the things that I that I found that was um interesting is that sociologists who study I mean, obviously, the like Cuban condition, they're sociologists. They say that, like, our rise and fascination with zombies, uh, like, from a Western perspective, stems from the bombings at Hiroshima and Nagasaki, mm-hmm. where that was really one of the first times that there was a um, such a sudden and inescapable, tremendous loss of human life at one time. You know, like, it's... We've experienced, like, humans in general have experienced large amounts of, like, large-scale death with, like, plague populations or fire or war, but the bombs were, like, in a blink of an eye, all of a sudden, these people were gone. Right. And um. And so it, it essentially, like, from a sociological perspective, it created a new fear in humanity <laughs> of, like, a, oh... <laughs> it's inescapable kind of thing and ever since then the way we uh, especially in western uh, like watching not only you know we did this to a people but then watching there this is a human man made issue it changed how we approach horror like this event this um you know us bombing i say us americans actually us haha capital us um ah, uh, bombing You know, Japan, this created a, uh, like, ever since that moment, how humans uh, crafted horror changed. And uh, and the the zombie genre um, was a part of it, was affected by it. And how we started, we had these ideas of, we even I mean... Like we had said earlier, the George Romero, like he in the first movie, he used the term ghoul as opposed to zombie. Mm-hmm. We had ghouls before, too, but like, like, you know, all the horror monsters changed in our fiction um after this point. And basically zombies are very frequently used to as a way to work through this idea of like these um you wake up. And uh, the whole world has changed. (laughs) You know, like yesterday, everything was fine. Today, everything is broken and horrible. And uh, which is, you see that a lot in zombie movies, though. Like you have these, like, well, just yesterday, everything was fine. And you may see like the patient zero kind of thing. But it is a very much yesterday was fine. Today is awful uh, setting.
0: Yeah, I think. That's like really super common in like new movies and and um, TV shows like The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Like the first couple of episodes are always like the struggle the characters have in their everyday boring old lives. Always, and yeah. then like all of a sudden people are eating each other and they're you know they have to set those those struggles aside.
1: Yes, yeah. And it is, it is sudden. It's always, it's very rarely do I see a zombie movie that um, gives us a long lead up. It it really is. All of a sudden people just start chomping on each other.
0: <laughs> I've always thought it was like a way to try to, to look at like pandemic, like COVID. It seemed like we heard a little bit about it in January. Uh, like, oh, hey, here's this thing that's happening in other countries. And then it hit it was like first person u.s detected with covid and then within the week it was like covid or whatever the amount of people that have covid is up by like so many so many ticks or whatever
1: yeah and like the horror show that was new york because new york got hit really hard in those early months
0: yeah commentary on on pandemics and how they're handled, handled but i think it's really funny like just to kind of, like, go off the rails a little bit here. I think it's really funny how we have all these things that's, like, this shit would spread super, super fast if people aren't careful and aware, mm-hmm. and then, like, this shit, <laughs> this yeah, shit this year spread super, super
1: fast. I will never again complain about the unrealism of a zombie movie of, like, I'm like, look, it's easy. Just stay in your homes. Like, just like board up the doors and windows and don't get bit. How hard is this? And I'm like, oh my God, this is like, because I mean, look at COVID. Right. <laughs> stay in your homes. Don't get near to people. Wear a mask. You yeah. know? <laughs> and people won't, people don't do it. Also, one of the things too, like speaking of like COVID and zombieism, like almost every other country is done, has yeah. their shit handled. Like, it's done, they're, like, doing normal stuff, being normal people again, and it's just America (laughs) that, like, can't get their shit together. (laughs) And I'm like, this also seems, because sometimes in zombie movies, they don't talk about, like, some of them do. Some of them do talk about the worldwide spread of it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But a lot of times, it's just like, this is what's happening in America right now. And I'm like, what about other countries? How are they handling this? Well, they handled it. They figured yep. it out and it's done. <laughs> America over here, hunger gaming themselves.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, it's
1: like definitely in young adult literature, I've definitely seen how it's no longer silly to me that because, you know, like young adult, a lot of post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. is, um it's just very American centered and you and you have like, well, what are how the other countries handling it? They're they're not they're not evol- they're not even involved. They're just watching American going like, what are those Yanks doing now? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just an American problem. We decided that it's totally okay to have twelve year olds trying to murder each other on live national television, and every other country is like, well, that's America. <laughs> Yeah, I remember not give Hunger Game shit because it's also weirdly scarily accurate. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Like, I remember well, what, reading, I remember reading Hunger Games for the very first time when I was like a teenager, okay. and I was like, this shit's so scary. I'm so glad this would never happen. And then I grew up, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this happens already right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're constantly putting. Just children's trauma on TV for us to consume.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh.
1: Anyway. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so
0: that's that's all I really have on zombies. Do you have anything else? I have a little mention about mummies, which are kind of sort of oh, the cousins of zombies. Yes.
1: Yeah. So for sure.
0: um interestingly enough, I mean I think everybody kind of knows of like the curse of the mummy. Uh, right, right, right. Like, that's, like, the typical thing. But funny enough, that didn't really start until they excavated Tutankhamen. And, like, that one's been in the 1920s or so, or a little bit before. And then papers in the 1920s made a lot of mentions of, of the several deaths of people that were connected to the excavation, uh, oh. including the guy that financially backed it. Oh. So, yeah. Like, so even like, the guy who poured money into it, you know? Yeah. Right, yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting because, I don't know, you just always hear about the curse of the mummy and, and, like, it's this old ancient thing. But, like, I guess just because the mummy's ancient doesn't mean that the the theory is ancient. So there are probably people alive today that, like, remember the excavation of of King Tut and, uh like, know when when it was first happened. Yeah. That was really all I had to say about zombies. But then you know, there's Frankenstein too, who's like made of a bunch of different body parts, and the corpse is reanimated, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the first incident of non-magical reanimation. What Frankenstein? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> all. I mean, it's weird science, but it's science, right. right? And like now, like in modern zombie stuff, it's always like it was, you know, like a, a disease that developed, or it's it's. Something that scientists created, like while well, they were experimenting in a lab, or you know, mm. something like this. Right. Um, it's never like, oh, somebody put a magical spell on one person and now it's spreading everywhere. Like it is yeah. always very scientific now, mm-hmm. and it's not how it used to be.
1: Yeah, it's either like it's spores or it's a virus or it's yeah, really? yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, sh- um, I'm I'm gonna loop back to the mummy thing. It's it, you. So you say the curse of uh, of King Tut was like 1920s, right? Right. Because, like, definitely before, from the 1830s all the way until then, like, the Victorians were very into Egypt. And specifically, they were very into breaking into the pyramids and taking as many mummies as they can and and turning mummies into food. Because right. it, the Vic- British Victorians were fucked up. Um, <laughs> and so, like, there's no mention of curses or anything like that. Like, there's, there's, you know troubles and stroke and like you know travails and stuff like that of like you know oh it's a desert and like the locals are really angry at us well yeah no shit um, <laughs> you know but like there's no like supernatural curse which is weird because victorian uh, English, uh british victorians were very into the occult i mean the full-on like occult clubs you could join like Facebook groups, almost, you know? Right. And there's no mention of the curse of mummies because, like, in in a span of, like, 20 or 30 years, English Victorians alone consumed, as in ate, more than 10,000 mummies. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, they ground That's them gross. up into powder and put them in their tea, and they were supposed to be, like, herbal tonics or whatever to cure all sorts of like it'll cure your migraine it'll cure your foot pain it'll cure this or whatever and I'm like it's cannibalism mm-hmm. like gross cannibalism at that you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's just, it's interesting that because now when I think of mummies now I think oh yeah like if you open that tomb you're gonna get cursed like that is literally my first knee-jerk reaction so it's, it's interesting how that went from, you know, Victorians very like, ravenously consuming ancient decayed flesh to oh no, can't look at it, you'll get cursed. Very well placed curse, is, I think is what I'm ultimately trying to say. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, oh, oh man. And a lot of mummies. <laughs> why? Yeah. White people, why? <laughs> so, yeah all right that's uh that's all i have
0: that's all i have
1: okay cool thanks for listening to us and we will hopefully uh return to a somewhat regularly scheduled posting and uh we will catch you next time with i believe we're doing more like fairy fairy tales right yeah yeah so stay tuned for that and uh thanks for listening bye bye
0: Thanks for listening, and don't forget to like, 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 <sighs> and subscribe to As The Myth Turns on Facebook and Twitter, and email us at turns at gmail.com.
1: Transcripts for this episode can be found at our WordPress site, asthemythturns.wordpress.com. Our theme song is called Fretless by Kevin MacLeod. You can find this song and all his others at incompetent.com.